Welcome to the DNA Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Pugh, and I am excited about tonight's episode. I have uh, the wonderful, the amazing, uh, the absolutely intriguing, and my good friend from the Great White North, uh, Miss Tara, co-founder of D&D in a Castle. Madam, thank you so much for being on the show tonight with me. Uh, this is absolutely amazing. I am very excited about this. I'm excited to uh, tell you all about it. Thanks for having yes, me on the show. Yes. Uh, so how I found you is probably how a lot of your customers find you. I found you via social media. You actually popped up. Uh, I think you actually popped up on my uh, Facebook and I saw this thing and it said D&D in a castle. And I looked at that and I go, that is legitimately everything that I have ever wanted to do. And it's, you have this beautiful cinematography commercial that you guys have done. And it's going through the castle. It's showing people playing the game. It's showing outdoor events. It's showing this just beautiful landscape. And it is quite possibly the most immersive and I'll say this air quote, realistic uh, D&D uh, sessions that you could possibly have. And I'm very impressed with it. Um, so yeah, no, that it's, it's cool. like, <laughs> that is such an amazing thing. How did you come up with something like that? Well, let me just say, yes, we, uh, we do have a real castle and, uh, <laughs> the whole, everything is in the name. You know, you hear the words D and D in a castle and you probably automatically already know what we do before I have to tell you anything. <laughs> because It's all in the name. Anybody who's, you know, played D and D for any amount of time, hears the words and it, you know, strikes a chord. And that's where we're coming from. This is, you know, a passion project and a project, you know, coming from a pair of nerds who just want to spread the the joy and uh, give people the the most immersive experience of playing D&D that you can basically get and share that with, with everybody. Um, the idea actually came from my brother, Cameron, who's the other co-founder. Mm. And he uh, is, we always say he's the D&D and I'm the castle. So... Um, <laughs> So he was uh, a D&D nerd in the 90s, you know, mm. grew up playing D&D every spare moment, you know, all night, every weekend, you know, dusk till dawn styles. And, you know, as he became an adult, kind of didn't have time for it anymore, moved away from the small town where we lived, college, marriage, career, kids, all of that, as it's a, so common a story. And always saying, oh, we got to get together and play some D&D. We got to get together with all the guys, you know, all the old crew. And and uh, eventually just had to make it happen. And that was a few years ago. Got everybody together, rented a big house so they could all stay there together and just hang. And, you know, thought, oh, they'll hang out, catch up, you know, do some stuff. But, of course, the minute they got in the door, the dice hit the table and that was just the end of the story. <laughs> the, the piles of the takeout boxes and the smell of the D&D and all the things. <clears throat> and he DM'd and, you know, they'd be up till five in the morning uh, playing. And then at 7 a.m., Cam, 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 we have to get started on our game again. So, you know, <laughs> literally like round the clock, you know how it is. Anyway, um, played this this uh, weekend of D&D and he just came home on the flight from that and had this overwhelming impression and realization that this is missing. This is missing from adult life. Whether you played D&D growing up, whether you've just discovered it, whether you've never played it before, but you're sort of D&D adjacent or D&D curious, you know, <laughs> and you want to experience this. This is not offered. This is not available. It's 
so difficult. These are his closest friends he's grown up with all his life and it took years to get them together in a space to take the time and the place and the attention to have that experience. And it's so valuable and so rare and, and so valuable in so many ways. You know, this was sort of a cathartic kind of experience of everyone was going through hard stuff like you do when you hit a certain point in your adult life. Mm -hmm. And just the value, like, there's no therapy like 24-7 D&D, you know? Or that sort of round-the-clock yeah, play. No. So he came home on that airplane at the end of that week and was reflecting to himself, how do we bottle this? How do we get people to take the time, really, to dedicate the time to have this experience, you know, to to better mankind or whatever, you know, to offer this and and create this opportunity for people. And he, he had this sort of brainwave when he was on the plane that if he had a castle, maybe people would come. And in fact, one of the guys, one of his best friends who whose older brother taught Cam to DM, mm -hmm. you know, who's in this crew, Lauren Nemeth, who actually now DMs occasionally at the castle. Had, they used to have this joke that Cam was always bumming cigarettes off of Lauren and the uh, the uh, sort of counter was, well, don't worry, one day, Cam, you'll have a castle and then I'll come and live in it and we'll just play D&D. And that was sort of their, <laughs> their phraseology growing up. And so, and I think many, many people who play D&D have thought one day there'll be a castle. Well, <laughs> yeah. It's in the zeitgeist in a way. And yeah. this sort of, communal mind of you know there'll be a castle at some point so he had this idea and he called me because he knows I'm a sucker for an event and a sucker for an idea because I've been planning events and nerdy escapist events for a while and so he called me and knew that he could he could rope me in successfully with a good plan and he, he called me when he landed he's like Tara Tara you're gonna hate me <laughs> I said why am I gonna hate him what are you talking about because I'm gonna say some words and then you're you're not gonna be able to not do them. I was like, what are you talking about? He said, the words are D&D in a castle. And I was like, oh no, you've ruined my life. So <laughs> he was absolutely right. I couldn't not do it. And that was, that was it, it was born. The words were there. The concept was instantly recognizable, tangibly. Didn't have to say anything more. I immediately knew the whole plan. No, you, you so, quite uh, literally made the, the, the best 30-second elevator pitch ever the, in the title. <laughs> so I, kudos to you. Yeah, it was all in the words. And so, you know, all we just found, we went castle hunting. Where are we going to find a castle? Finding a good castle that could actually suit the needs of this particular event is actually quite tricky. Uh, but we initially, we found this castle in France. It was amazing. Cam put like a post out in some chat group and people just flocked. <laughs> We're like, oh, damn. <laughs> suddenly we had like all these names. Suddenly Jeremy Crawford was coming to our castle. We're like, what is even happening? You know, uh, people just jumped on, I don't want to say the bandwagon, but they just threw their hat in the ring and were like, I'm in. I don't know who you are. <laughs> Couple of obscure nerds from Canada, you know, <laughs> but I'm, I want to be at your castle if you've got a castle. So they all came to our castle. Um, some very brave players, you know, paid to come and cover the expenses of the castle and play in a castle together. And we pulled that off and it was supposed to be sort of a one-time thing, like, oh, let's see what would happen. And then it was like, okay, this is mind blowing, you know? Um, and it really is kind of simple. Like 
the game, it's all in the game and giving people the game that they're craving, giving people a type of gaming experience. They really are hard pressed to get anywhere else where you have, you know, a DM who's there the whole time, whose only job is to DM your game. You have the freedom, you have the space, you have no outside distractions. Everything is taken care of for you. And you just have days to play. No one is missing the game because the babysitter canceled. Nobody has to go take a phone call or rush off to work or, you know, everyone is focused on that game. And our whole event is focused around the game and giving that gaming experience. And everything is geared towards enhancing, supporting, creating that game and the, and the camaraderie and the friendships and the feeling and all the things that go with that, you know, like when you were a kid and you left summer camp. <laughs> in the end then you felt like you were gonna you were just gonna break in two because you had to leave and all you could think about for the rest of the year was how to get back to the summer camp and you know that's that's how we all leave the castle is like that's your new slogan <laughs> summer camp for adults that's there it. you go summer camp for adult nerds you don't have yes. to be that nerdy like no. you don't have to be that nerdy to club a game of D&D for three days in a castle like <laughs> so <laughs> I feel like that's for everyone so here's my question, and I love asking this question. And as somebody who has made a profession off of nerd events uh, and Dungeons and Dragons, what is it about? Let's start with this. What is it about nerd culture now that is making it so popular, that's making it so enticing to the rest of the world that is not so nerdy versus? 20 30 years ago when it was you were it, it was a very touchy subject you know i think the nerds have just taken over the world the nerds have won there was a war <laughs> and won. i mean really that's what it comes down to nerds are people who are who my definition at least one definition is mm. you know a nerd is somebody who carries their youthful passions into their adult life and nerds are passionate people they're people who are passionate and committed to what they, excites them and the shame of those things has faded as they've grown up. You know, the, the nerds of the 80s and 90s, I mean, 80s was smaller, 90s was maybe a little bigger, um, but they all grew up and now they work in Silicon Valley and they run the world in the digital age. You know, we're living in the digital age and the 80s and 90s, they, we weren't quite there. You know, we're now in this digital age and and those same people are the ones who are who are running that world. and have gotten older and just don't care anymore after a certain point. I mean, there's certainly a contingent of our guests who are in that bracket where their kids are a little grown up now. Mm -hmm. They have free time. They have some disposable income. And what are they going to do on their vacation? They don't want to go sit on a beach necessarily. Some people do. Good for them. But they think, what do I want to do on my vacation? All I really want to do is play some D&D, &D, you know? <laughs> they're grown-ups now. They're grown-ups. And they're like, I don't really care. That's all. I don't care if that was like what I did as a kid. I don't care, you know? And there's also the advent of um, individual access to broadcasting, let's say, broadcasting, publication. It's a lot of the technology is developed that has allowed nerd culture to flourish, in my opinion, um, because... Whereas previously, for example, if you wanted to be on a show, there was no opportunity to be on a show. And we now live in a world where people can make their own shows. And it's almost like drawing back the curtain and we can see that actually there are way more of those people, <laughs> you know, way more nerds than we thought there were actually, oh, all these people are sharing their like 
secret basement passions. And turns out like, everybody's got a secret basement passion. This is, it's just revealing it. I don't think there are any more of them, but as people are able to share that and able to find their people through the internet that we realize just how broad that actually is. I completely 100% agree with you. Um, I think one of my favorite examples, even though he's not as much D&D, but more Warhammer 40k is Henry Cavill, who is just this absolute amazing gentleman. You you know, you have Vin Diesel, you have, I mean, obviously, I could see Stephen Colbert totally and Robin Williams getting into it. But you see these people and they're coming, I don't want to say coming out, but they are ex expressing their nerd interests and everything. And it, it, it's quite fascinating. Um, so and, and I feel like you did cover this a bit, but I, I kind of want to piggyback off of it a little bit. Uh, Putting aside possibly Stranger Things and even the wonderful people over at Critical Role, what is it that is bringing Dungeons and Dragons so much more prominent in pop culture right now? Is it just the people are discovering that this is a great storytelling? This is not just a bunch of grown men or kids in their basement, you know, with a bunch of you know, weird I think posters? My theory is. On that subject, I, I run other nerdy events as well. Mm -hmm. And what it comes down to is that we're lacking a social connection. I really think that actually the unplugged nature, and I know that people play online and that's great. That they can find ways to connect with other people when you may not know anybody. So there's great platforms, but ultimately it's a personal connection. It, it is, it, ultimately it's an unplugged type of connection, even if you're using technology to support it, it is, it is a structured interaction, which I think we are lacking a lot in an individualized society that we live in. I think we're lacking ways of connecting with, with our community and connecting with other people in a way that's structured. And that's what I love about, about the D&D experience is that a lot, and for a lot of people who play D&D, &D, and it's a bit of a generalization, but there's certainly a large contingent, you know, of, of people who who want or need that direction to feel comfortable to interact. So it offers some structure, whereas so many social settings, just an empty room full of a crowd. I mean, I'm a pretty gregarious and, and confident extrovert. I'm going to run from that. I'm not going to go into an unstructured social situation with a bunch of strangers, but around a table with a DM to guide and a story to tell and some direction and structure to that interaction allows people to relax and so I think that that type of experience and that type of active engagement that isn't just passively watching Netflix or I love Netflix as much as the next person <laughs> but you know that that passive um consumption of mm. entertainment as opposed to the active engagement in your own pastime that I think is really a distinction that people know and are they're looking for that missing part um one of the other events that i do is a an event called the pride and prejudice ball and you'd you'd be amazed what that interaction it's a structured very simple type of dance it's actually dance but it's really more like walking so everybody mm. can do it pretty much um, and 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 it's the same result people come and they have this really like visceral profound experience about being part of something people don't feel like they're part of something and that is a human reality that we crave and really need so that's why i say it's so therapeutic and so healthy really 
and and why we have this such a strong reaction and need and such an emotional reaction like when it's over <laughs> and such a drive to get back to it is we're seeking that i i, I, I absolutely get behind I, you know i absolutely agree with you 100 on that and i i i can tell you many a time the emotional connections i've had with my own characters or the 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 players and the adventurers that i've had with my own D D games have it, it's it's a special kind of bond and i would add on to this because one of my favorite things is D D allows you to be something you may never be i don't think i'm ever going to be a tiefling ever or a scottish speaking dwarf however you know once a week I get to do my best worst Scottish accent in the entire world. And I absolutely enjoy it. Um, and you've taken this bond, you've taken this amazing game and to quote spinal tap, you've cranked it to 11. You literally <laughs> have a castle, uh, which is the, you know, you do this at a castle and educate us here. It, it kind of run us through this. How, you know, what is D&D &D in the castle. What are the events that happen? How does it work? Love to tell you all about what D&D &D in the castle is. <laughs> it is just, it is the most fun. First of all, to set the stage, if you remember being a kid, as every single human I think does remember being a kid and having the thought, one day when I grow up, I'm going to have this big house and all my friends are going to come and live in this one big house together and we're just going to hang out and it's going to be awesome. That's what that's what D and D in a castle is with D and D. <laughs> so, so the guests the guests first of all the guests arrive. Um, there's a shuttle that brings them in from Newcastle, mm -hmm. which is the closest city by the airport. They all arrive together. They meet their dungeon master. They go straight into their session zero. From there, um, you know they they do their session zero and they start their game. They check into their into their room and we then start off the evening with what we call the Barovian ball uh, and everybody gathers together and there's some, there's some borderline kind of LARPy gamey things that happen in the evening to kick off. Uh, and then basically it's three days of D and D all day, <laughs> uh, all meals. We eat all together. There were no muggles in the castle. It's all of us. We rent the whole castle. Um, the castle is a 14th century stone building with, you know, mullioned windows and seven foot walls and all the things, dungeons and um, guard houses and everything you could think of that you think a castle should have. Um, it has a fireplace you can stand inside of in the great hall. It has, you know, secret passageways. It has all the things. So you you play a, basically a three-day game of D&D with your dungeon master. And these are dungeon masters uh, you probably recognize some of the names of our dungeon masters, uh, from Twitch streams to, um, you know, creators, uh, well-known creators and writers, and uh, all kinds of, of backgrounds of people who've done great things in in D and D, and who are all incredible dungeon masters who generally create a bes uh, like a custom game, a bespoke game of you D and D. Do, you do have some big names up there. You have people that work for or work with Wizard of the Coast. You have, uh, oh, oh my gosh, well, uh, you have, uh, you have Eric Campbell who who has worked with Felicia Day. So you have some big names that come out to do this. This isn't. Yeah, like it's me their down dream the road. to play these yes. in a castle. Like we, I, the I, I, I'm legitimately jealous. <laughs> it's a private game of D and D, and that's something that maybe is. Um, 
well, I hope it's clear, but maybe that's a, a point that people are, people have a realization like, whoa, wait a minute, I'm in the game. You know, yeah, you're not in an audience watching these people play. You are playing and they are your DM for three days with only six people in your own private room playing for three days, you know, with Ginny D as your dungeon master, you know, or whoever that person is as your dungeon master, um, you know that you get to be in their game that they've created for you. A lot of the times when people are, are well known for the work they've done on, you know, published mods or, you know, books, uh, they, they will sometimes play in that world or if they're, you know, well known for a particular world that they've streamed in, um, you know, and you might get to play in that world uh, with that dungeon master. So you get a very, um, uh, well, you get a, a, a game experience that's, unique to that castle our whole goal is we give a game you're not going to get anywhere else and that's not in any way to diminish the amazing games that are going on in people's basements and all the amazing dungeon masters and players that are out there having amazing games it's just that you're not going to get this particular game no it's uh, special you, know, you can't get it anywhere else and uh, we like to say we break D for people because once you've played this way it's <laughs> you really want to come back and play that way again <laughs> it's like sitting first class you're like oh i can never go back to coach um <laughs> no but uh how do you, now do you allow your dms to specifically set up their own games or do you guys have certain stipulations do you try to keep to a certain theme for the month or just for the castle in general the dms have total control over their games um mm. yeah they get to play the game that they want to they want to have and in fact we encourage that and we want that because we want them to give their game you mm. know b dave's game is going to be different from Efa wilson's game they're going to be quite different you know dark dice's game is going to be quite different from three black halflings for example you know they're they're going to be very different styles. They have different pillars that they like to focus on. They're different aspects, different qualities. And um, we also engage actors to come and play NPCs sometimes. Uh, yeah. So sometimes you'll have somebody specifically coming in to play those roles. And we also um, have one shots for um, you get, get like a one shot night where you can play one shots uh, with so you get a, another DM experience another person's DMing experience and then um, Chris Lindsay for example is is going to be giving uh, you know so Q&A fireside chat type things um, you know industry panels because a lot of these people are involved in a lot of things and a lot of people who are there are interesting in those kinds of things and then we also have like mini painting during lunch and other kinds of activities there's an escape room in the castle we sometimes depending on the time of year we bring in those activities that you've seen on our website like axe throwing and and falconry and archery and all those kinds of things that are sort of castle-y so it just depends all each castle has its own flavor at the time of year who happens to be there and what their sort of expertise is in July, a really cool thing is Jeremy Crawford is coming um, again, and he did this last last year in 2022, and he's coming back to repeat the type of experience where he sort of comes in and sub DMs like a, a side quest or an experience for the table. Oh, that's so everyone fun. who comes in July will get to play with Jeremy Crawford as their DM. So that's a thing. That's <laughs> and, awesome. Uh, but basically, yeah, our, our one of our slogans is eat, sleep, roll dice. That's what yeah. we do at the Knessel. You want to know what you do? You eat, sleep, you roll dice. That's what we do. And do you, make the best friendships, and that's it. So do you encourage, because I'm assuming you don't require, 
but do you encourage uh your your players your adventurers to cosplay or dress up in costumes do you you know yeah that's definitely welcome and celebrated i wouldn't say that we encourage um we love it okay. uh, but everybody is there for a different reason and it's definitely not a larp event it's definitely mm. a tabletop event so um, there is obviously a, cro a crossover of sorts, probably a significant crossover, and there are people who are super excited to cosplay their characters, who are excited to show off their costumes, people who are really into that, and there are some people who cosplay the whole time, or, you know, they're, they got their elf ears on the whole time, or some kind of accessories, they don't, you know, they're like, I'm a muggle the rest of the time, I'm here, <laughs> I'm at a castle, I'm gonna wear what I want, and we love it, and there are people who are in there, you know, uh, hard rock t-shirts or whatever <laughs> you know um yeah their man of war t-shirts and their whatever you know their beards and they're good <laughs> they don't need to wear any alcohol beards <laughs> that's great too we love all the nerds of all of the types um so we do have an opportunity on that first night uh at the ball that people can dress up and they do like to dress up uh when mark Mir is there he um he always goes the whole hog on the dress up with the silicon masks and all of the things and he comes as his favorite lich and yeah so there's often like stuff like that going on the dms like to get into it but it's definitely open um you know that we we love it and it's an opportunity if people want to take it there is a chance to be uh in cosplay in a castle and as you've probably seen on our on our website and on our socials you know we have a professional photographer so it's your chance to be photographed in your cosplay or in your outfit oh. in the castle with your favorite lich you know <laughs> so there is there is definitely scope for like geeking out in that way if that's your thing um, but there are definitely a, a contingent that, that that's not their thing and it's certainly not required uh, as part of the experience. You guys are a company that is established on being social. You're a company that brings you guys to an area and you guys socialize and do these really fun things. Uh, we live during a pandemic. We are now we are at the end of said pandemic. However, uh, you guys have been surviving and thriving during a pandemic. Like how did you pull this off? How did this affect you guys? Like massively, let's just say massively as with many, many people, the fact that we're still here is kind of miraculous. Um, you know, we are still definitely recovering, um, but we are here and we are still going and we are recovering and we're rebuilding, but it was devastating devastating to be a live events company in a pandemic yes. not able to provide our service and still having our operational costs you know to stay alive and keep our head above water and also the uncertainty of not knowing when this was going to be over and constantly gearing up for events that then had to be postponed I think we postponed I think we had to postpone two maybe depending we had a, we had so many events each one of those being postponed a couple of times and um so in 2022 when we came back um we had our first events starting in the spring of 2022 and it was you know the pandemic I don't I, you know wasn't over entirely though restrictions were lifted and we had to be very careful about what we did and didn't do what restrictions we imposed or didn't impose walking mm. that tightrope was very difficult but in short people had been waiting a long time and the the comments we got from people were look we bought a ticket to a live event during a pandemic. 
we're here because we want to be here and we want to play some D&D. So let's play some D&D. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so we we are still <laughs> we're still kicking and we're still fighting to be here and to create this experience that we're so passionate about and that we just we just love to see people excited about and we love to bring that magic into the world. Uh, but it has been it has been incredibly stressful and difficult trying to keep afloat uh, as a live events company. And we are a small company. You know, we we um, originally it was just me and Cam. Uh, we do have mm. a couple of very dedicated staff, but we're a small independent company. Um, and and we you know we don't own the castle. We don't have a castle. That's not our castle. We rent the castle. <laughs> um, you know, so we we you know, we, we live off of those, those registrations and to keep, to keep us going and to make the events possible. So, you know, going two years without being able to have events was, um, I can't really overstate how difficult that was and how incredible. And really, I just have to say it goes, comes down to how amazing our guests are because they held on to their tickets. Like the vast majority, they held on to their tickets they didn't want to lose their spot at the castle. So we've been very fortunate in the people that have come to our event that that they've kept us they've kept us alive really. That's and that's amazing on your player side, your 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 loyal customers and everything and it on their community and self. Uh you can definitely see though, like you have the TLC. You have put in obviously the blood, sweat, and many a tear, I can only imagine, into this business. And the fact that you have come out of this pandemic thriving and being as amazing as you guys are, uh, you know, hats off to you. I commend you truly that it's amazing. Um, so I'm curious, though, from when you guys started to where you guys are now, how much of your whole thought process of how you come up with these and how you set up these events how much has that changed? Certain aspects haven't changed at all. The okay. format from the beginning was always the long, playing that long format round mm. the clock game. That's always been at the heart. Some things have changed. The first year we went to France was a beautiful castle with amazing food, but we learned things about being, you know, in the middle of nowhere in a country where we didn't, you know, have, most of our guests did not speak the language. Being Canadian, we're maybe a little more comfortable in French, but that's, <laughs> you know, that's, you got that up on a little, well, a little, well <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it, we're not French speaking people. And, you know, so, so finding um, a castle in England and at like a medieval castle, like, you know, the real deal with that has seen you know, military reaction, that kind of thing. Um, and, you know, the size and we've tweaked the schedule and, you know, how we work with NPCs and how many one-shot games we offer, you know, like it's been subtle tweaking all the time I and mean, we're constantly in a learning mode um, and, and figuring out how to deliver the best game. We're constantly, you know, reviewing and reconsidering and questioning and improving. But on the whole, it's about a game of D&D. It's about playing D&D for three days in a castle. It's eating, sleeping, and rolling dice in one game with six players. That's been the heart of our of our event, the heart of our business, the heart of what we do, the heart of the game. And that's what we've always done. And that's what we will always do. As long as D&D in a castle is around, it's going to be you, a game. You get to play in it. 
you have your get your your big campaign and you get to have that experience now why'd you settle on three days out of curiosity i mean it was four an option five two weeks it just seems you know um every day if you take the cost yeah. and you divide it <laughs> you know we do get a lot of comments this should be one more one more day it's like do you want to pay 25 percent more than what you're already paying because that's what it's going to take you know it's in a castle uh, <laughs> um yeah. so really it's about that that walking that balance between the amount of time first of all that people can afford or, mm. or even if they can't that they can find a way to pay for um and the still having a good amount of time to actually get through a story arc you mm. know having enough time for that to to really actually do the game you want to do but also the time that it takes to be off work especially a lot of our guests are traveling internationally um you know where you have to have the travel time, have the recovery from jet lag time, you know, have the event, have the travel time back and still, you know, the, the time that people have to take off work and to, to make it really feel like a holiday, sort of a, a vacation span. Um, it's kind of comparable to a cruise, you know, some cruises are seven days, but usually you don't, well, depending, but a lot of the times you don't change um, uh, time zones quite as extreme. Um, some people do if it's a european <laughs> perhaps or whatever but you know it's a it, it's it's like a cruise that doesn't go anywhere because it's in a castle but <laughs> you know so it, it's sort of that kind of could do the whole thing in a week mm. um time frame but you know as i say still having time to have that story arc like three days you it goes so fast. I mean, it goes so fast. I think you could do it for 10 days and it would still go so fast. But <laughs> 10 days, we would it would be prohibitively expensive, I think, for a lot of people. Um, you know, and also even for our DMs. I mean, our DMs have been a huge part of our survival. Our DMs have been amazing in terms of sticking with us through postponements and through the struggles of, you know, coming out of that period of uncertainty and still having some uncertainty, even as we return to live events, like who still has their tickets, who's actually coming, have people really gotten the, the message about where they're supposed to be and when, you know, as everything kind of changed and rolled over year to year. Um, but yeah, that still, still were committed, still came, um, still gave amazing games, you know, so um, it's also about their time commitments and a lot of mm. them, you know, for a lot of them, they're working actors or they're, you know, they're taking time off of work to do this as well. They do this during their holidays uh, from their day jobs. So, you know, we're, we're working in their schedules and limitations as well. So yeah, it's just a lot of factors and it just seemed like kind of, kind of it's five days altogether you know there's arrival day you have three days of gaming arrival day also has like an hour or two of sort of session zero and sort of launching your campaign getting stuck in a bit and um uh, and the final day is, is is basically a breakfast and departure and the shuttle takes off from there so it's really the three days of gaming in the middle that are kind of the that's, intense time that's amazing I'm, I'm curious though uh because you are a fan and and, and obviously your other founders of this wonderful business are fans of D&D. Do you guys ever partake in the sessions or are you more of a stand back and watch and wish you were playing kind of person? So I'm definitely, I prefer to be running the show. Mm. Um, that's definitely just my style. Mm. Cam has participated. He's participated as a DM and mm. he's participated as a player. 
So he's been through the experience from both of those sides. Okay. Uh, just as a business person, you know, running this event to understand what the experience is like, you know, you think you know, but then to go through it from both perspectives. So he has done that. Um, there, it's it's difficult to drop in and out. Um, hmm. Sometimes the staff or stuff, uh, you know, will will join in a one shot. Um, that okay. is a thing. Definitely okay. joining a one shot is definitely a thing. Um, but but because that campaign, you kind of you got to be in it. You can't mm -hmm. go in. You can't jump in and out, really. I mean, you can, but it's not what we're doing. We're not doing a game that you jump in and out of. <laughs> we're doing a game that you're in for three days, you know, so you, want, you have to take that time. And Cam has done that. Um, yeah. So he he as the other founder has done that and had that okay. experience um, from both perspectives. Um, I know I know I've had you for a while and I greatly appreciate everything you know this this entire interview but I'm curious one thing I'm really curious about um the the castle you guys did pick now you said mm -hmm. you went from one in France and you said hey language barrier let's go to you, you said let's go to the UK and then you just like yeah. how did you decide on this castle specifically oh my gosh we are castle experts. I say to people, man, you can't name a castle I haven't looked at on the internet. Like, okay. <laughs> I have spreadsheets of castles. I have like, I have scouted. We've sent scouts to look at castles. Um, you know, we've sent people from to Europe, to the UK, to Ireland, um, to look at castles. We've, uh, yeah, to Wales, to all over, um, to scope out castles and they have to meet very particular needs um on the actually on the way to our castle in france that, that year uh, i and our photography by the name of rome photographer by the name of romy we um went to the uk and we scoped out a few different castles there mm. and there was actually another castle called langley castle langley and lumley they're really close to each other uh and we actually did do an event there in 2019 and that's a beautiful castle but it was just a bit small for the scale that we needed to actually be sustainable um so finding a castle that has enough rooms that you can sleep in that also feels medieval or not even medieval but can pass for fantasy mm. uh, and has enough spaces that everyone can have a private gaming space uh, because that's important we don't we're not the kind of event where there's a big ballroom and you just have dividers or even no dividers and big round tables and you play DD with everybody around in the noise you're in your own private dungeon you know or whatever the room is so finding that kind of castle is um there's a lot of factors that have to be there that actually don't coincide very often. And so, um, yeah, we went to the UK because it really had to be in Europe because they have castles. Uh, <laughs> in North America, we, we don't really have, we kind of have a few, but not really. It's just not, not as, it's like organic. It's not the same. It's no. Not the same. Um, there were no war of wars of the roses happening, you know, at this. yeah. So we, we <laughs> you know, we, we wanted to find something that was authentic, that felt, like that that had the castle vibe you wouldn't believe how many castles have been like refurbished on the inside to look like a super eight it's really surprising oh. uh it's it's so depressing like, you guys know what you have <laughs> or they're like all stainless steel and glass and you're like what are you doing what have you done <laughs> so finding one that had the right atmosphere that had that submersive castle feeling and was still you know a good solid hotel option um and had the gaming spaces and was good for transportation and the service and actually Lumley Castle 
there was a bit of a story because we had a castle booked Langley Castle in 2019. So that was our second year after France. We did one castle in France and then we did four the following year in 2019, back to back and even overlapping. And two of them took place at Langley Castle and two of them took place at, were, were scheduled to take place at another castle. Um, and Lumley Castle was one we had scouted and planned to use in 2020. <laughs> However, what happened was our other castle was seized by the authorities and um, went into receivership four days before our event. So you can imagine how that felt. So that was amazing. <laughs> all these people paying thousands of dollars, book flights, all arriving to this castle that was not, was literally boarded up. And uh, we had to find a new home in like a weekend and fortunately, our, you know, um, stalwart event producer was on the ground and worked so hard and called up every castle we could find. This is at peak season on four days notice during the <laughs> of all weird things, you know, which was being held in England uh, that year. So everything, there was nothing. But Lumley Castle, we already had a relationship with them because we'd planned to use them the following year. And they took us in and they said, listen, we can find you the gaming space. We can give you the gaming spaces. We've got the rooms uh, for this many. Like we had to fudge a bunch of stuff and whatever, but we pulled it off and we just moved castles on like four days notice, which was unbelievable. But we did it and we pulled it off. We ended up for one of our rounds having to house people off site because they didn't have the guest rooms. They had the gaming spaces, but not the guest rooms. So we, we had the Bard bus. Um, that was our bard castle uh, with the library bards. If you know uh, Bonnie Gordon and Xander Jonnery, uh, they were sort of our, our stars of that year and created an experience out of it and just pulled everything out of the woodwork and were remarkable. They really just so grateful for the people that were at that particular castle, just selling it hard to the, to the guests about this is where we're at. And sometimes when you go on a quest, it doesn't go how you think it's going to go. <laughs> it's true though. It's true very meta very meta so that was how we ended up at Lumley Castle that was our first year at Lumley Castle and we were looking forward to having a proper event there in 2020 and we all know what oh, happened to that yeah. and kind of the rest is history but we've just stuck with them because they're they're such a great castle they're really great to work with and as I say they got every they tick all the boxes um you know and we're working with them to improve uh the experience every year but um They've, they've done really well by us. And, um, you know, so that that's where we are. That's where we are in the north of England and the borders, uh, near the borders where there's been a lot of, lot of action militarily, you know, uh, if you're interested in that sort of thing. Roman stuff around too, if you're into the history in that sort of territory it's a, it's well. a lot of fun stuff around there even after so if they decide hey you know what i'm gonna make a full-blown trip i need a full week of just historical and the uk there's a there's a lot to do out there there's um, a lot to do there's not far from there's this haunted castle not far away there's like a whole historic park not far away there's the famous the poison garden is very close to there to sort of famous and, oh my God, yeah, there's lots of cool that. stuff around there's lots of cool stuff around in the neighborhood that people do they make a trip of it and uh, some don't fly in and out, you know. Uh, some people come for back-to-back -back rounds. In November, we're announcing two. We, we've got a second round of dates because our first round sold out uh, very quickly. So we're um, just about to start releasing tickets for our second round of dates in November. So some people are, there's a definitely a, a fraction of our guests that like to do the back-to-back -back rounds. If they're going to come all the way to good England, they're going to double the D&D. &D. Yeah, good for them. <laughs> I, I, I will say this. You do. You guys do offer... A, a, an amazing package truly truly is i've looked it over and i'm like wow that looks so much fun um 
everything that you give into it is absolutely amazing. It you take off so many nerdy boxes. I I can't say nothing but good things about you guys. And obviously, you definitely put the TLC into this and the nostalgia, the experience. And people, it's not just me. You guys definitely can't keep tickets, which is awesome. And I'm so happy for you guys. Um, but I think this is a good spot to wrap this up. Uh, where can the good people out in Nerd Nation find you if they want to look you up and they want to book their own D&D oh, Castle trip? We've got we've got round around coming up in March uh, rather quickly. There are a couple remaining spots at that castle, not many, uh, and we have another round in summer in July, and another round that's about to be opened up in November. We're all over the internet as DND in a castle, so at DND in a castle on all social platforms and DND in a castle .com on the World Wide Web, and that's where you can find the list of all our incredible talent that are coming for our rounds in 2023 and all of our dates and all of our options for accommodation staying at the castle and uh, and see all the details about our event. Awesome. Thank you so much. So let's go ahead and let's wrap this up on my side. As always, please like, subscribe, and follow us wherever you're listening to podcasts. And if you are listening to us on Apple, Spotify, or watching us on YouTube, please remember to rate and review. We're also on Facebook and Instagram, so please like and follow us at DNA Pod, or on Twitter at NerdDNAPod, or on our webpage, NerdDNAPod.com. I am Steve Pugh, and I've been joined by the connoisseur of all things nerdy, the adventurer of Europe, and the explorer of castles, the wonderful, the amazing, the adorable Tara, co-founder of D&D in a Castle. Tara, thank you so much for being on the show tonight. It has been a true pleasure. Thank you so much. So much fun to get to nerd out for a bit. <laughs> thank you and good night.